Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gigor, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Yuzha. I'm one of the licensed lay ministers here at Christ's Servant King. So before I begin, let us have a short prayer. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you open the ears and hearts and minds of all that are gathered here today, Lord, and all that might hear on the internet to the goodness of your love and to the fullness of your grace in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in our sermon series that exploring uh, different aspects of the Bible. And as we heard earlier on, that we are looking at the prophets And some are very well known. Most people have heard of Isaiah and uh, Ezekiel, but others are not so well known, such as Joel, Obadiah, and Micah, who we heard from today. Samuel was called as a young boy. One night when he lay in bed, he heard God calling his name. And God spoke to him and said, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. And I pray today that your ears will tingle. Jeremiah is a well-known prophet and um, he delivered stark messages about false prophets. Those are the ones that were not really speaking and hearing from God, but were just latching on to the words that other people spoke, saying things that other people wanted to hear. And they did this because they wanted to seek gratification and to be seen as somebody important in society. And Jeremiah delivered the message from God saying, I am against the prophets who steal words from one another supposedly my words. I will punish false prophets, bringing them to disgrace and shame that will not be forgotten. 
harsh words and terrifying. So what is a prophet? The word prophet, um, there we go, speaks of someone who gives the declarations of God, men and women, that they existed for God's glory. Once they were called, they wanted to glorify God. The Hebrew word for prophet is pronounced nevi, and it's derived from a verb of action, which is to bubble forth like a fountain. And translated into English, it means someone who announces a message at the direction of another, hopefully the Lord. But as we've heard, there are false prophets. Sometimes the Bible refers to prophets as seers or man of God. But there were also women prophets in the Old Testament, and some of them are better known, as we heard in the reading today of Miriam. She was mentioned. Um, She was a young girl when the spirit of prophecy came upon her. And her earliest prophecy was when she spoke to her mother and told her that she was going to have another son and that he would free the people from Egyptian bondage. And that was obviously Moses. Deborah was another prophetess. She's mentioned in the book of Judges. She lived in the midst of sin and idolatry, but she remained true to God and his word. She was wise and God-fearing, and the people went to her to ask for her advice and her counsel. And she would very often be seen out in the open air speaking the word of God. And she warned the Jewish people, she urged them to leave their evil ways and to return to God. In the New Testament, we hear of Anna that spoke to Mary about the child Jesus. In general, prophets are used by God to deliver unpalatable messages. And for this reason, many of them were ignored, rejected, humiliated, And it's never an easy path, is it, to follow the word of God. It can be lonely standing alone in circumstances for God. The people around you want to dispel what you're saying as myth and deception. But we live in the light of the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. Paul said to the church in Corinth to follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So here you have God's warning of false prophets, but still Paul is encouraging people to desire this gift. And Paul goes on to say, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging and for their comfort. One who prophesies, Paul says, edifies the church. And he says that whenever these messages are brought, that we should test and weigh them carefully. That whatever message is spoken to us, that we should align this with the word of God. And we should apply this to any modern day prophets women to test their messages 
But to be honest, we don't need to turn prophets or fortune tellers or horoscopes. We need to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us. The Bible prophets are referred to as major and minor. And in some way that might suggest to people that some are more important than others, but that's not the case. It merely refers to the size of the book in the Bible. So, for example, in my Bible, the book of Isaiah lasts over 79 pages, while the book of Micah only lasts seven. And Micah and the ministry of Isaiah overlapped, which was around 700 BC. And we hear from Isaiah quite a lot, but it's very rare that we actually um, hear from Micah. Isaiah was well known in the ruling classes. He was very well connected. He was part of the aristocracy. And he was cousin to the king. What more could you want? Whereas Micah, on the other hand, was a poor farmer. He spoke to the common people, to those that were poor and oppressed. He lived in the southern area known as Judah. And most of the land there was owned by rich landowners and they employed the farmers to work their land for them and paid them pitiful wages. And it was during this oppression that Micah spoke the word of God, warning the people of the impending judgment of their sinful ways. Interestingly, there's an overlap between the message that Isaiah brought and the message of Micah, both warning God's people to turn away from their evil deeds. So we can assume that God was influencing both men and wanting to get this important message across. Corruption had spread throughout the northern region of Israel and was spreading into the southern cities and into the farmlands. The people that should have been upholding the law, those that were acting as judges, were accepting bribes. They were deceitful, dishonest, violent, and sometimes cruel towards those that couldn't defend themselves. God had given his people the Ten Commandments to live by, but the majority of people were no longer following these guides. They offered burnt offerings as an appeasement. It wasn't really a true act of repentance. And all the time they were doing that, they were still worshipping other gods. How patient God was with them. How would you have felt in those circumstances? Annoyed, disappointed, even angry. Thankfully, God is good and compassionate and his heart longs to have relationship with his people. His arms are always outstretched in welcoming us. And Jesus made that way possible for us. Micah was speaking against people who were living outside of God's will. They were buying and selling with dishonest measures. They were cheating others. They were untrustworthy, 
How are the nations around them supposed to look at God's people and want what they wanted when they were more corrupt than others? The rich were taken advantage of the poor, cruelty was rife, people were evil. You can look around the world today and think there's many comparisons that we can see. Governments that should be protecting people, but instead serving themselves, accepting bribes, and even blackmailing others for personal gain. What happened to the people of God? Those that should have been shining like beacons of light. We could ask ourselves, are we shining like beacons of light to those people around us? Jeremiah said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. St. Paul put it in another way. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. It is a challenge, a constant battle for us to subdue the flesh and walk in the ways of God. It's not easy for any of us. Last week I was tested quite severely in this way, provoked continually to argue and to defend myself when the person that actually had the problem was frustrated with their own situation and was venting their anger towards me. But God calls you and me to live in peace. We are to forgive as we are forgiven. We are called to be salt and light. We are to bring out the best in people, to dispel the darkness. When I came face to face with this person again, I inquired about their situation and said, have you managed to uh, sort it out? And you know, doing the right thing that God would want me to do. And guess what? A tirade of insults and abuse. God calls us to do the right thing. In this situation, my mind was raging. You know how it is when somebody's in front of you and they're saying one sentence and your mind is working super fast. So in the time they've taken to say one thing, your mind has got through, I could say this, I could do that, and the ultimate question, why am I putting up with this? We are God's people, called to shine like lights, to be the face of Jesus in the world. But surely, faced with these extreme situations, we're entitled to pop a cork like champagne, to vent our anger in these situations. I listened to the Holy Spirit's still, small voice rather than listening to that screaming, raging voice of my flesh. 
And I said, I was only asking to see if you resolved your problem. That night, as I lay in my bed, reasoning with God that I should not help this person, they needed teaching a lesson, and they can't speak to people like that and expect to get help. That was my judgment. So the Holy Spirit in that still, small voice said to me, Zhuzha, I have called you to be kind and to be compassionate. I was reminded of the prayers that I regularly pray that God would give me a heart of compassion like Jesus. So I repented and I asked God to forgive me for my judgmental nature. So the next time that I bumped into this person, I said, I'll help you resolve your problem. I'll do what I can. No, thank you. No, I'd really appreciate that. Just silence. Luke says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Having spent some time to resolve the problem for this person, I messaged later to say that and to give them some information that would help. There was no thank you. But to be honest, it didn't really matter because the important thing was that I wanted to please my Father in heaven, my Father in heaven. It was more important for me to defend his honor a thousand times more important than for me to defend my own. The question that God asked his people through Micah, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? God had brought them out of bondage as poor slaves and blessed them with a nation and they had turned away from him. God has brought us out of bondage. He has not bought us with the blood of calves or rams, but the blood of Jesus. And yet still people turn away from him. Micah goes on to ask in verse 8, what does the Lord require of you? The answer comes, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Do you notice how beautiful the language is there? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God wants you to walk with him. He wants to talk with you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. Jesus died to repair that relationship. We don't have to walk in guilt or shame or condemnation. Not if we've taken Jesus as our Lord. And let me just clarify for everybody, you don't have to do anything to deserve it. All you need to know is do it on your own that you need Jesus 
make the decision today, if you haven't already, to let go of pride and self-reliance and trust in the living God to turn your life around and do something different with it. We can learn so much more from the prophetic messages of the Bible, but we have to put them into context. God has always longed to have a personal relationship with each one of us. Remember Paul's words, we should eagerly desire the gifts of prophecy to strengthen, to encourage, and to build up one another, to build up God's church. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit to be used for God's glory. Let us pray. Lord God, through the prophets, you have reminded us of your love for us. Help us to respond in love to one another, confirming us the gifts of your Holy Spirit with signs and wonders to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.